Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast Tuesday edition Lots to discuss today as the Islanders lose their third straight game on this road trip to the Arizona Coyotes by a 2-1 to margin. That's one goal in the last three games total for the Islanders. We'll talk about that. Plus, of course, we'll talk a little bit about the Islanders' debut of one Andy Green and how he did in his first game in orange and blue. And we will, of course have this date in Islanders history, which includes a last-second goal that won the game in a game between the Rangers and the Islanders. So we'll have that and a whole lot more. And, of course, we have more trade deadline things to discuss with the trade deadline coming up in less than a week. Don't forget, if you have a question, a comment, something you'd like to discuss with us, Please feel free to drop us an email at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we'll be happy to mention you on the air when we read your comment or question. Also, you could follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest happenings in and around the New York Islanders. All right, the scratches for this game for the Islanders, Cole Bardrow, Noah Dobson, and Tom Cunackle all out of the lineup. We talked about Dobson yesterday once they acquired Green. Dobson now going to be designated as the seventh defenseman, so he is out. Cunackle out of the lineup uh, in this game while Kiefer Bellows back in, and Cole Bardrow out of the lineup, the Islanders placing him on waivers earlier yesterday, meaning that either Bardrow may be involved in a trade or they're freeing up a roster spot. You get the feeling there's another move coming for the Islanders soon after Bardrow either clears or does not clear waivers. The goaltenders in this game, Simeon Varlamov in between the pipes, for the New York Islanders, Antti Ranta is the starter for the Arizona Coyotes. And this game did not get off to a great start for the Islanders. Brock Nelson called for hooking as he takes down Oliver Ekman Larson just 23 seconds into the contest. And the Islanders find themselves killing off a penalty long before anything gets done. Then... The Islanders do manage to kill off the power play opportunity. 
but they also end up giving up the first goal. Clayton Keller, his 13th from Phil Kessel at 4.58, and, you know, Varlamov appeared to be screened on this play. He barely reacted at all to this shot by Keller. Can't say it was necessarily his fault, but at the end of the day, the Islanders down one to nothing less than five minutes into the game. Now, midway through the period, the Islanders had a good scoring opportunity as uh, Eberly fed Anders Lee. Ronta made the save as Lee came in on uh, a partial breakaway, but the rebound, Lee just couldn't quite get it and beat Ronta to the other side, so the save is made. But all throughout the first period, the Arizona Coyotes had the better of the play. Overall, they were out shooting the Islanders and really getting the job done overall. Now, the Islanders had a very good scoring chance a little bit later on. Uh, Barzal, with some very good stick handling, sets up Eberly. Eberly let one go from his spot in the right wing, but it hit the post. And you could see throughout this game, you know, the Islanders had gone 120 minutes and four seconds before this game even started without anyone on the team scoring a goal. And as this first period continued to drag on and the team still hadn't scored, you could see these guys are kind of squeezing their sticks, getting frustrated. Look, you hit a post, you hit a crossbar, you miss a good scoring opportunity. And these players, without question, started to press. And I can't say that that's unusual or, uh, you know, I can't blame them. But it's a very difficult situation. Now, the Islanders did get a power play chance late in the first period as Ekman Larson tripped up Anders Lee. Time of the penalty, 14.55. Lee had the best shot at a goal during this power play as he tipped the puck uh, on a redirection, but not able to get it done. And the Islanders do not come through with the power play goal. At the end of the first period, still one nothing Coyotes. Islanders finished the period strong with that power play and had a few other good chances after the Coyotes dominated the first half of the period. But overall, the uh, Coyotes had the one nothing lead and outshot the Islanders 11-10. In that first period, Andy Green, 8 minutes, 44 seconds on the ice. And uh, certainly, look, Green doing his best to fit in, look like he belonged, look as comfortable as you can in a game where you're playing with new teammates when you're not as familiar with how the goalie likes to play the puck and, and sort of the ins and outs of your new team. But look, Green, 37 a veteran, seen it all in the National Hockey League, and a smart player with the puck, steady in his own zone. That's what you expect to get from him, and that's what the Islanders got from him early on. So overall, a good performance uh, in the first period by Green. The Islanders, except for that last minute of the first period, looked strong uh, in the second half of the period, but they still trailed one nothing. And more than anything, they are pressing offensively. All right, we're going to take a little break. We'll come back, discuss the second and third periods. 
plus a little bit more on Andy Green and the line combinations used in this game by Barry Trotz. More to come right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, the Islanders came about as close to scoring as you could early on in the second period, a little less than three minutes in, the puck sitting there on the doorstep, both Eberly and Lee going for the loose puck, but Ranta makes the save. The play is reviewed, and the review says while the puck was on the line, maybe about 75-80% over it, Ranta makes the stop before the entire puck crosses the goal line. No goal, and it is still 1-0 in the Islanders. Again, feeling more and more snake bit out there. In the second period, Islanders get a power play at 6.35 when Christian Fisher called for boarding Eberly, and the Islanders get the man advantage, but the the power play stayed more or less on the perimeter and was unable to capitalize. Then, Devontae takes a penalty. He trips Nick Schmaltz at 10.33. That puts the Coyotes on the man advantage. And, you know, on that PK, they do a solid job of killing it off, although Boychuk blocked a shot. He was a little bit slow getting off the ice, although he did later return, and thankfully the Islanders could not afford to lose him at this point in time. Clayton Keller of the Coyotes off for tripping. He trips Derek Broussard at 14.55. Islanders back to the power play, but unable to get it. Brock Nelson had the best scoring opportunity, but couldn't get good wood on it, and as a result, at the end of two periods, it was still Arizona one, the Islanders nothing, and the Coyotes outshooting the Islanders 26 to 16 at that point, which means that the Islanders had only six shots on goal while giving up 15 in that second period. So the Islanders back on their heels without question during that second period, and now they had gone two whole games plus two periods and four seconds without a goal. So that's uh, 100 uh, 160.04 without getting a goal. Into the third period we go, and the Islanders trying very hard to avoid a shutout for the third straight game, and that would be a disaster for this team, and they needed to score at least, you know, a couple, uh, at least one goal in order to force overtime. At least that's how it was at the start of the third period. But then three minutes and 53 seconds in, a goal for Connor Garland, his 20th of the season from Christian Dvorak and Taylor Hall. It was a basic fight for position for a loose puck. Garland outmaneuvers Mayfield in the crease, gets to it, and puts it home. 2-0 Arizona, and the Islanders are in trouble. Now, Brock Nelson had a breakaway chance shortly after the goal, but again, big save by Aranta, 
And Ranta, I'll tell you, had a very strong game, came up big a couple of times uh, in order to keep the Coyotes ahead. Finally, the Islanders score after a drought of 166 minutes and 46 seconds. Anthony Bavillier tips home a shot by Andy Green. Green and Pulak get the assists at 642. It's the 18th of the year for Bo, and the Islanders are on the board, and you could hear almost audibly the team exhaling as they finally got off the schneid after two and two-thirds games without actually getting a goal. Now, the Islanders trying to push it, trying to tie things up. Nick Letty had a backhander that was saved again by Ranta, and they had a couple of chances in that third period. With about a minute and a half to go, the Islanders trying to get uh, their goaltender Varlamov off the ice. They couldn't get the puck out of their zone. Took about 20 to 25 seconds, but finally they clear the zone, get Varlamov off for the extra attacker. Couldn't get it done. The Coyotes kept icing it and basically finally won that last faceoff with about three seconds left and were able to clear it and end the game. So the final score in this one, Coyotes 2, Islanders 1, Islanders now 0-3 on this road trip. We talked before the trip started that they were hoping to get at least five out of eight points. Now the most they can get is two, and that's going to hurt them when push comes to shove. Not a bad game for Varlamov. 30 saves in 32 shots. That's a 9.38 save percentage. Bavillier with the only goal, and uh, Pulak and Andy Green with the helpers. Green with an assist in his first game with the Islanders. He played 19 minutes, 46 seconds, was a plus one, took two shots on goal, blocked a shot, and overall looked steady, contributed on the penalty kill, pretty much playing the game that you would have hoped he would play. As far as shots on goal were concerned, Anders Lee leading the way with five, Bavillier next with four, and the Islanders overall outshot in this game by a 32-29 to 29 margin. Uh, as far as the face-off circle was concerned, Brock Nelson, 10 out of 18 to lead the Islanders. Derek Broussard only wins 4 out of 10. Matt Barzal, 2 out of 7. Anders Lee, 1 out of 6. Leo Kamarov, 1 out of 7. So the Islanders struggled throughout in the face-off circle. Pulak leads the team with six hits in in this game, while a couple of Islanders share, uh, excuse me, had two block shots, but Johnny Boychuk leading the way with three. Ice time, Pulak 21-39, tops among defensemen. As you could see, the defensemen more evenly distributing their minutes. Matthew Barzal with 24-35 of offensive uh Time leading the forwards and all players, Jordan Eberly with 24-01. And the Islanders throughout this game, Barry Trotz changing line combinations, looking for some kind of a spark, unfortunately not getting enough of it. And the line combinations just not getting it done. 
If you're wondering, Kiefer Bellows, a minus one in this game, did not register a shot on goal, had exactly eight minutes and 11 seconds of ice time. Ross Johnston, only six minutes, 13 seconds of ice time. The Islanders losing their third straight and really kind of struggling at this point in time. And as we look at the standings, you could see how close everything is. Right now, nine points separate the first-place Washington Capitals from the sixth-place Carolina Hurricanes. Islanders in third place with 72 points. That puts them seven points behind the Caps, six points behind the Penguins, although Pittsburgh now has a game in hand. The Blue Jackets are tied with the Islanders as far as points go, but the Islanders have two games in hand. Philadelphia one point behind the Isles, the Isles with one game in hand, and Carolina two points behind the Islanders, but even in games played. So no margin for error. We talked about how important this road trip was before the it started. Look, I think it, it is obvious right now that more trades are coming down the pike if Lou Lamorello can pull the trigger. We'll talk about that. We'll have this Dayton Islanders history and a lot more to come right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, we're back. And look, important to see that the Islanders need more offense. I think that's obvious to everybody. They are 23rd in the league in goals scored, 22nd in the league on the power play. In their last three losses, all on this road trip, They've scored a grand total, as I mentioned, of one goal. That's not going to win a lot of hockey games, no matter how good your goaltending and team defense are. Lou Lamorello certainly is aware of his team's offensive shortcomings. We talked earlier in the show that Cole Bardrow has been placed on waivers. That probably means that Another move is coming. Now, it takes 24 hours for Bardrow to either be claimed or clear waivers. We'll see what happens. But the Islanders, they've got to add some offense. And we've talked repeatedly about how important that is. And you know a trade is coming. The question is when, with who, and what is the team going to have to give up? Andy Green, a good pickup. But again, in my mind, the price a little too high that second-round pick in 2021 is probably a useful player down the road, but now the Islanders are going to have to add at least one forward, preferably someone who could help improve the power play. And keep in mind, one of the players that the Islanders were known to be interested in, or had rumored to be interested in, Tyler Toffoli, yesterday traded from the LA Kings to the Vancouver Canucks, so, to Foley off the table right now for the Islanders, he is now a Vancouver Canuck, not an L.A. King, and that's one fewer forward available who might be a good fit on that Islanders' second or third line where they desperately need additional scoring help. So, we'll keep an eye on all things trade deadline, and don't forget, you know, if there is a big trade, we will post our show early like we did Sunday night when the Islanders made the deal for Andy Green. We will get you up a, at least a mini show right away to discuss it. 
and uh, we will tweet and keep you up to date on all things Islanders as the trade deadline nears. All right, this date in Islanders history, we're going to take you back to February the 18th, 1984, Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. The New York Rangers invade the Coliseum and take on the Islanders in a renewal of the Islanders' biggest rival. This was the final meeting of the regular season between these two teams, and it was the Islanders breaking on top first with Peter Sundstrom of the Rangers in the penalty box for holding and Tom Laidlaw of the Rangers also off for holding. Islanders get a five-on-three, and Dennis Potvin makes them pay his 17th from Mike Bossy and Stefan Pearson, and it's one nothing Islanders after 20 minutes. By the way, the goalies, Ron Scott in the net for the New York Rangers, Islanders going with Billy Smith in the second period. Mike Bossy adds to the Islander lead his 39th of the year from Greg Gilbert and Brian Trottier at 647, and it's 2-0 Islanders, and it looked like they were in very good shape, but as is often the case in rivalry games, the Rangers do not give up. They come back. Mike Rogers, his 20th from Dave Maloney and Don Maloney at 12.03 makes it 2-1, and then with Bossy in the penalty box for a rare interference call, Pierre LaRouche gets his 40th goal on the power play from Don Maloney and Miko Leninen at 16.57, and the teams go into the locker room in the second intermission, all even at 2-2. The Rangers take the lead early in the third period. Don Maloney, his 21st from Leninen at 6.01, and the Rangers were in the driver's seat, but the Islanders managed to come back. At the 12.30 mark of the third period, Greg Gilbert, his 20th from Bossy and Paul Boudelier, and the game is all even at three apiece. It goes down to the final six seconds when Brent Sutter scores his 26th of the year, redirecting a shot by Dennis Potvin, John Tonelli also the assist, and the Islanders come away with a 4-3 win, a last-second thriller over the Rangers. couple of notes, by the way. This was the 501st win of Al Arbor's NHL career. That moved him past Toe Blake for fourth place on the NHL's all-time win list. It was also the first career loss in goal for Ron Scott of the Rangers. He was 2-0-2 going into this game. Bossy with a goal and two assists in this contest to lead the Islanders. Greg Gilbert and Dennis Potvin each with a goal and an assist in this one. And the Islanders skate away with the victory. Uh, by the way, shots on goal-wise, Brent Sutter and Bossy each with four and Billy Smith with 29 saves to earn the victory for the Rangers, by the way. Two assists for Miko Leninen and a goal and two assists for Don Maloney, the future Islander and future Islanders GM. But on this date in Islanders history, it's the Islanders 4, Rangers 3, February 18th, 1984. 
All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget, tomorrow we will be back with our farm report, which we have almost every Wednesday, and we will preview the last game of this four-game West Coast or West Western Conference road trip as the Islanders head to Denver to take on the Colorado Avalanche. We will preview that game and we'll have the latest information on trade rumors, line combinations, injuries, and everything else that all Islander fans would want to know. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.